listening to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. We're staying up a little late on the weekend here and getting in our basically two-day quick draft recap, and we'll go over some fantasy implications. Uh, As always, you're joined by your host, Bob and Dan. Dan, what up this weekend? What up, Bob? Yeah, it's a big weekend. A big weekend uh, for those individuals out there who are looking towards a draft, uh, specifically your dynasty draft. This is kind of like your, uh, at least for me, it's my time where I kind of started focusing on who am I interested? What are what are our biggest dynasty needs, and who do we kind of like the most out of, of um, you know, those uh, players that have been drafted to specific uh, teams? Uh, it's just one of those weird good times in terms of draft prep, but also this draft was bizarre. Not 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 a lot of fantasy movement in the first round at all yeah dan it's funny you bring that up because you just jogged my memory it was like maybe a week and a half ago where on twitter you were just being asked like hey what are your dynasty rankings like how can anybody really tell until you know where players are going and right i mean this draft shows that i mean i'm coming out of this just before we really start going in and looking at the picks and saying this dynasty rookie draft just really isn't doing much for me right now yeah, it's more. I, I agree with you. It's a situation where I don't think you can. I mean, you can rank players that you like. Uh, I, I think you can say this is the best prospect coming out for a specific position. Uh, but in terms of dynasty drafting, uh, I think it really matters what situation that player is going to be put into. Now, let's be honest. If you have a big time stud receiver coming out of college, uh, but they're paired with a subpar quarterback or, or a team that has quarterback trouble, uh, probably not as valuable. And, and same thing for, you know, running back situations. You know, if it's a stud running back and they're stuck behind a, a, a veteran uh, or not necessarily on a team that has a strong running game or not necessarily a, a style of offense that's going to lend itself to, uh, you know, big fantasy numbers from the running back position, uh, then you're stuck. Um, so it, I think you can say I'm high on this guy, uh, but I think you have to kind of keep an open mind. And your opinion is going to change depending upon where that player goes. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to really focus on more of the offensive side of things. Um, I mean, if you're in an IDP <laughs> dynasty league, you're probably liking this draft a lot more because <laughs> yeah, it's dominant no on that side of the thing, uh, on that side of the ball. But, um, you know, we'll definitely look through the draft. We've got three rounds in the books as the time we're recording here. And we just sort of pick through and talk about what we think. Um, obviously, you know, you know, as Steelers fans, we're going to have a little bit of a more of an inside uh, opinion on what happened as as t- in total for their draft. But Dan, before we go ahead and uh, go through the draft, I wanted to talk about uh, three pieces of news that have come up since really right around when the draft was going to start. And would you like to start with the good news or the bad news? 
uh, let's just get the bad out of the way. Yes, there's two pieces of bad news, and this one came out like maybe two hours before we uh, jumped on here and recorded. Uh, Adam Schefter is reporting there's a real chance Doug Baldwin will be unable to continue playing due to the cumulative effect of multiple injuries. So this was a guy and put it out there on Twitter on the back half of 2015 went on an absolute tear and then had two really strong seasons back to back but boy have injuries really hurt him over the past year uh yeah uh it just last season just didn't look like the same player unfortunately yeah uh it it was a situation where uh you know the injuries had piled up and I, I think last year was a year where they were really they could have used Doug Baldwin, but Tyler Lockett also kind of emerged as a um, down the field threat and, and was kind of doing a lot more than had been you know asked of him before because Doug Baldwin's not was there at some point and also Jimmy Graham to some degree. Um, and, and Dan, literally right as we're talking about this, just get a message from Roto World. Even Pete Carroll, who's probably one of the most upbeat coaches, um, you know, was asked about if Baldwin had played his final game, and Carroll did not acknowledge or answer the question. And they're saying, considering how talkative Carroll normally is, that's a worrisome sign. So, uh, it, sure. it's, yeah, it's sounding like it, this could be the end for Doug Baldwin as a football player. And that's a bummer. You know, it's one of those things. It's, it's a game of. You know, it, it takes a real toll on an individual's body, uh, whether it's their mental health or physical health. Uh, it, it's a big toll on them. And, you know, it, to me, Doug Baldwin seems like he hasn't really been in the league that long, right? right. And, yeah, he just came and he, He's just been coming on recently, and, and now it's starting to get put together for him. And, and he's got a great quarterback, and now, you know, injuries are kind of taking him out of the mix which is disappointing because i think you you saw good years out of doug baldwin had the injuries not crept up i think you would have seen a lot more good years out of doug baldwin and in 2015 alone you probably got him late or possibly picked him up on waivers and he scored double digit touchdowns to end the season from like week 11 on so i mean he had some dominant uh, stretches there for for me you were always a guy who was high on doug baldwin uh and and in large part, he always ended up being a pretty decent steal in the draft because he had weeks that he was playing spectacular. Um, I, I don't think he was ever a legit number one fantasy receiver. Uh, obviously, a number one receiver on his team, but not necessarily somebody who you're like, okay, I feel great about Doug Baldwin being my right. WR1. Yeah. Uh, but definitely someone who could pick up the slack in terms of if he was your wide receiver too. Uh, he could have weeks where he's a wide receiver one. I mean, it was kind of like he was in flux, um, but he was in a great situation, and it's just unfortunate he's not going to be able to, you know, ride this next contract, Russell Wilson contract, out with him. Yeah, and um, you know we're going to talk about it shortly here, but um, on Friday night the Seahawks did attempt to address the position in the draft, so it might also be signaling that you know they see that it they could be close to being over here and. Dan, another piece of bad and disturbing news. Um, you know, I don't know uh, how we're going to gear this conversation here, but another career could be over, and it's at the hands of his own doing. 
boy, there's just been leak after leak of news stories about Tyreek Hill, and it sounds like he not only has harmed his child, um, but there's evidence that he possibly has assaulted his fiance again for the second time since 2014. So, uh, Dan, it's sounding like to me that this guy has... Um, played his last down in the NFL if you're reading everything that's coming out over the past 24 to 48 hours. Hey, yeah, I, I guess I'm a type of guy who waits to hear kind of where everything plays out. But uh, in terms of just fantasy, which is basically all we, we talk about here, right. not necessarily any real world implications of anything. Uh, obviously, on the fantasy side of things, uh, one of the one of the premier wideouts gone uh, and uh, just off the board. Uh, so someone who, you know, in a dynasty format um, with the way things are looking, you know, uh, maybe somebody you don't necessarily drop yet. But, yeah, you almost have to uh, hold on because you're going to get nothing for him, really. Right. I mean, no one's trading for him and no one wants to think part of it because you don't know how it's going to shake out. Um, I think the one thing that it, I, I think we can talk about is kind of the impact that it's going to have on the other players on that Chiefs team. Um, guys with off the field issues have taken such a toll on this offense that looked so great last year. Yeah, uh, you you guys have guys like Tyreek Hill and now, well, Cream Hunt, and now you got Tyreek Hill, um, two guys who would put up. You know, pretty spectacular fantasy numbers. Top five type uh, numbers. Because of off the field, yeah, off the field issues no longer there. Um, You know, Kareem Hunt now in Cleveland, and and we don't necessarily know exactly what's going to happen with Tyreek Hill, but. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it takes a. I think it takes a big toll on Mahomes. Um, Is he still your number because, one quarterback right now? Uh, I mean, I think if when you take away your best down the field threat, uh, I, I think it, it has to bump you down. Um, it, it has to take you. Um, I mean, they got some. I mean, they got a, a player tonight that they think they're gonna hoping it can kind of fill the role uh but it's a rookie so we'll see how that plays out but uh, i don't know I, I don't think he is anymore um i'll I give you some, he, he's I'll, a top five i'll give you some names down let's, let's play a little game a, on this absolutely aaron Rodgers, patrick mahomes aaron Rodgers, andrew luck or patrick mahomes Ooh, that one's closer uh I actually would probably go Mahomes in that one. I'll give one more that's up there. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Yep. Okay. Yeah, just figure I'd throw out a few names here just to yeah. see where, where your pulse is at on, you know, just, yeah, you know, basically it's now Sammy Watkins maybe and, and the rookie that we're going to bring up later. Um, yeah. Uh, Travis Kelsey could put up like top five wide receiver type numbers this year. Uh, if that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, obviously he's impacted, but yeah, I think Mahomes, you have to sort of take a step back uh, and, you know, just based on the weapons that he's losing based on uh, their own idiotic actions, really. So, Yeah, and uh, I mean, Kelsey, I think it probably helps just in terms of fantasy value. Right. Uh, because I, I don't know what else is there. Uh, and I don't does it hurt Damian Williams at all, you think? I, I, I don't really know about that one either. That's going to be, you know, because, you know, I, I guess you can load up against the run and... 
who knows? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do here. But, Dan, on, on a brighter side of things, and this is good for us local fans, Steelers wrapped up Big Ben with a two-year $63 million extension through 2021. I mean... This is a no-brainer. If the guy wants to pay, I mean, you, you, you pay him. I mean, he's been sort of mid-tier as yeah, far as I salary mean, is concerned. Yeah, pay the man his money is basically what it boils down to. It's the steal a line from Rounders. Uh, pay that man his money. I mean, he, he's earned it. He deserves it. I mean, without question, he's he's earned every penny of it. Uh, I mean, I, I don't see us – us and by us I, I mean our team the Steelers even having remotely the amount of success that we've had in the recent years without Big Ben kind of at the helm right. uh, of the offense uh, I mean he is not necessarily that scrambling quarterback that you and I kind of grew up with um, but he's absolutely the type of quarterback who can you know score a little bit more time and then somehow like make plays down the field that people are like how does he even make a throw like that i mean that's kind of my favorite big ben plays is when you you don't really see it coming and out of nowhere he throws like an 80 yard touchdown bomb after he's been scrambling for a little bit right uh you know and it's going to be great to have you know a a guy who's going to walk into the hall of fame um you know, just to kind of finish his career with one team because we don't really get that very much anymore in the NFL. I mean, and understandably so, people are, you know, looking for big contracts and big money and stuff like that. But it's just kind of neat that we're going to get, you know, our franchise quarterback, a, a guy that you and I probably grew up with, who did, who we did grow up with, grow up with. Yep. Uh, you know, get a chance to kind of finish out with the same team and, um, just be the same quarterback for I mean how many years now and I actually I was thinking in terms of uh, I was I have a you know a kind of a painting up in my office and it's the uh, it's the year that they won the Super Bowl, which was Big Ben's sophomore season, and it's got Cower in there, and you know it, it makes me think back and think fondly about uh, you know those teams back in the day with Randall and Heinz Ward, and you know uh, Cedric of Wilson, course, my favorite, one of my favorite <laughs> Steelers of all time, Troy Polamalu. Oh yeah, that's my wife's favorite by a mile too. We were lucky enough for the AFC Championship game where they played the Ravens to go to, I believe that was when they played Arizona. Troy picked it nice. off to win the game. So, yeah, we were at that oh, game. Oh, so. yeah. What a, what a, uh, what a game. Yeah, it was what nuts. a game. It was nuts. So, yeah, that's just some news and notes um, since the last time we recorded. Just wanted to touch base on those. But, Dan, let's go over and give um, a quick synopsis uh, as far as the draft has gone. So there have been um, three rounds that have completed by the time we've recorded. Like I said, we're going to focus just really on the offensive side of things um, since you know we primarily play in those types of leagues. We're not very IDP heavy. We play some, but... Uh, it's not our area, so um, it's probably going to be quicker because if you look at round one, after pick one, you're really just getting a sprinkling defense, of offensive defense, players. Defense, 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 yeah. right? Yep, so I'll go through, um, we'll name and talk shortly uh, about some of the offensive uh, selections. So number one, uh, I think everybody saw this coming for months now, Kyler Murray, quarterback selected by the Arizona Cardinals, and they have moved Josh Rosen to the Dolphins, so it's Kyler Murray's team. Looks like day one. Dan, next year, what are your thoughts? Can he be a top 15 type of quarterback? Because he does have the ability to run and does throw a pretty darn good football, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, 
Uh, I, so, I mean, to me, is it just me or do they take forever to kind of make that pick, right? It, it seemed to me, I don't know if they were trying to shop it and trade down. I, I, I don't know. Um, but to me, it seemed like they were taking quite a while to make that pick. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I think you can do one of two. Th- you can look at this in one of two ways. Is it going to be a Josh Allen type season? Or is it going to be a... Um, I mean, can he do a Russell Wilson Sam, rookie season? Is he going to do a Big Ben type rookie season? Is he going to do a Sam Darnold type rookie season? Or is it going to be Colt McCoy? <laughs> Those guys. I just You just don't know. Uh, or is it going to be a Lamar Jackson type situation where you're not going to get a lot of balls thrown you know, thrown down the field and stuff like that. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see kind of how the offense um, comes together. They, they still have got playmakers at pretty much any position you need to have a playmaker at. Uh, you've got, you know, Larry Fitzgerald. You've got Christian Kirk, who you, who you think is going to have a nice breakout year this year. Um and you've got David Johnson, who who underachieved, I think. Um, so let's see. Let's be honest. If David Johnson can even get back toward in any way toward where he was before, he's going to take a lot of the pressure off Kyler Murray. But that offensive line is needs to step up and do something too. Right. Um, I mean, uh, if I'm in a redraft league, I'm not. I'm not looking at Kyler Murray. Yeah, uh, I'd rather wait and see. A, yeah, I'm not taking a flyer on him. Uh, their quarterback is one of the strongest positions in fantasy, um, especially now with all the talent that's in the league. Uh, so I think you can wait on Kyler Murray. And if for some reason, some way, somehow, he's having a Deshaun Watson type year, um, then you then you can grab him off the waivers. I mean, maybe you go a week, or, week earlier than most people if you really have some interest in him. But um, right now, I just don't think it's somebody that if you're in a redraft league, um, that you even need to concern yourself with. Now, if you're in a dynasty league, I, I see, I see that, especially if you need a quarterback, uh, you could do a lot worse than the number one draft pick overall. Um, but at the same time, uh, you would hope that you have better options at this point, uh, because you don't have to necessarily rely on him. Now, if you're starting a dynasty league from scratch, uh, late round picks, late round pick. Yeah, I'd be curious to, to see how he would rank, you know, um, get ready to do more Dynasty uh, deep dives here in, in the upcoming weeks. But um, yeah, I'd be curious, you know, if you're in a Dynasty League with a rookie-only draft, does he sneak into the middle of round one? Because really, where some of the landing spots have occurred, uh, uh, there's not very much out there that yep. is, uh, you know, sort of appetizing. So if you have maybe a need in Dynasty or you just don't like what's on there, uh, you know, maybe just take a flyer on him. earlier than you probably would in dynasty leagues but Dan there were two other quarterbacks drafted in the first round you have Daniel Jones six overall to the Giants and say what (laughs) yeah and Dwayne Haskins 15th to Washington uh I mean my only thought on the the Jones uh, I don't know if you had a chance to see the um Gettleman press conference where he looked like, like he was numb 
Yeah, I, I saw him at the Senior Bowl, and that's when I fell in love with him. I was like, what? I mean, that's the all-star game where I get people go there and are trying to play. And But to me, I don't think you're – you know, you're getting the same level of play as you would get from somebody who's playing an actual regular season college football game. But uh, I think that's the has to be the most surprising um, pick in the first round. Right. Easily. I mean, I don't think anybody saw that coming and anything I've seen before. Uh, they're like, oh, yeah, late, late, late round. Like, I think I saw a fifth round or something like that. And all you, all you had to really know about it is, you know, when your friends who were Giants fans were like, no. Yeah, what is <laughs> this team much. doing? What are we doing? And, and I, I did see him say, you know, we're, we might have a, you know, a Green Bay situation here where, you know, we're sitting him for, you know, three three years. And I was like, well, who's playing the other two years after this one? <laughs> this is my first thing that – this is the first thing that came to my mind. Um, but you know, it, uh, I don't know. Uh, are you, are you even contemplating grabbing Jones in a, in a, even in a dynasty draft? I'm not even really intrigued nope. in grabbing him to be honest. Nope. I don't really like anything this team's done on the offensive side of things. So no, I'm not even looking at him in dynasties or redraft or, you know, dynasty rookie only drafts. No, I'll pass. I'd rather look at Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, you know, even you know, probably others than I would him. I just, yeah, I just don't like what uh, they've done, and it sounds like you're not going to get anything week one unless, or year one unless if Eli goes down. So right. Um, yeah, Dan, moving on. I mean, there's not much offensively, but there were two, and this was something that's never been done before. Two tight ends from the same team go in the first round, and that's TJ Hawkinson going uh, eighth overall to the Detroit Lions, and Noah Fant going 20th overall to Denver. I, Dan, I put out a poll about this because these are obviously two guys we've had our eye on um, yep, as a yep, team yep. that needs uh, tight some end, tight end yeah. help. Um, um, uh, within one day, we got 514 votes. I said, based on the teams they were drafted to, which rookie tight end do you like most in Dynasty? You want to give a guess on the choice and maybe the percentage uh, of choices? Uh, I'm going to say more people were excited about the gentleman who went to Denver. And I'm going to say that it was not even close. So, no. Hawkinson, 59% to 41%. Now, he was the more highly touted rookie. Right. Um, some of the concerns I had about it, because I actually you know, sort of brought up some points in favor of Fant going to Denver. Um, part of my argument was that Joe Flacco has shown that he will lean directly on a tight end in an offense for passing. Yeah. Um, I mean, he had Dennis. Pitta having a great year with like one hip you know <laughs> three years ago um and you're just seeing that eric ebron couldn't do anything in detroit and then he gets away year one and has a monster season right uh, made me a little Luck. nervous about hawkinson but um you know I, I didn't really love either of the landing spots for these two guys as far as tight end production now obviously you know offenses could look to get them more involved but 
just two offenses that um, I wasn't really excited about when I saw them draft and sort of you know upset me a little bit because like I said this is a position that we personally need to uh, address and, and look to get young at and um, you know I was maybe hoping that um, you know Cincinnati might look at one because um, you know I think that's just the better offensive situation that has used the tight end pretty well over the past couple of years especially when Eifert was healthy but they passed right. on Fant obviously Hawkinson didn't get to them but what are your thoughts on those two um, excitement level with the teams that they landed on uh, I, I mean when we were talking about the Lions when we were doing our divisional deep dives I said pretty clearly that one of their big needs was a tight end uh, so they addressed that and you know, yeah. I mean, I, I think what Patricia wants to do is make his team the Patriots, and I, I think when you see that, what one of the things that they did best was have a high quality, talented, athletic tight end. So that's where I kind of see it going. Um, that they're going to try to to get. Um, you know, a, a, not necessarily a Gronk type production, but a, a Gronk type player in the mix there. Um, fan, uh, I get, I get what you, th- I get that you know Flacco there leads on, leans on him and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I just, I, 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 for some reason, I'm more comfortable with Matt Stafford at quarterback than Joe Flacco. Um, and I feel like uh, I, I don't expect either of them to be somebody I, I, unless there's something some kind of crazy preseason stuff that happens somebody that i'm necessarily you know i, I maybe i'll take a late like a late right flyer on um one of them um more so the guy from the lions but uh not necessarily someone who you know who kind of get my excitement level super high in terms of fantasy production I still think these are two players that we have to consider in our rookie only draft for dynasty um, oh I we, agree with that we 100%. definitely need to get we definitely need to get young there um yeah I mean I wouldn't be surprised um if Hawkinson has a decent year um like I said, my argument for Fant was purely that Joe Flacco has shown to lean on the tight end. So I'd be curious to see. Obviously, these are two players that you want to sort of pay attention to um, in the preseason to see how they're being used because uh, obviously there is some high draft capital invested in both mm-hmm. of these guys. So, Dan, to me, um, <clears throat> this next offensive player, as of right now, he's going in as my number one pick in Dynasty redrafts, and that's... Josh Jacobs, running back from Alabama, getting cho- uh, getting selected with the 24th pick by the Oakland Raiders, who had a need now that Marshawn Lynch has decided to retire to um, get young at that position. Yeah. Uh, I think that's probably the most intriguing first-round pick in terms of fantasy production. Uh, like I said, I, I see this guy getting – You'll probably pay attention to this guy in redraft leagues. Um, I expect him to go within the first five picks of any rookie-only dynasty draft. Um, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he's just pretty much the overall number one because of how hard it is for running backs to come by. The other thing is is that the, it's a clear path to being the starter. There's no one really else there. Um, but the only thing is, is he's stuck on a team that's not necessarily great uh i i I don't have high hopes for the raiders this year uh you and i have talked about it the schedule is is pretty rough uh also uh, um i I think it's a situation where 
um, it's not going to be easy for you to come in there and just, you know, run or, you know, just be a fantasy stud uh, right off the jump. Uh, This is not Saquon Barkley. So this is not somebody who I expect in redraft leagues to be taken in the first round. I expect him to probably be taken in the fifth or sixth round. Um, Yeah, I think fourth or fifth is probably a fair. Yeah, he's definitely not. And I would not invest early, but I think fourth, fifth would be a a safe spot to, to take a flyer on him. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where um, it's a running back, and it's a starting running back, and if he establishes himself as the starter in the preseason, um, then you have a, a good shot of you know hitting fantasy Peter, but uh, just not sure whether that's exactly what's going to happen here. Uh, like I said, Raiders not very high on the offense this year. Uh, and I think even now with a rookie running back, I think you try to make, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I would say maybe you try to make Derek Carr throw more, but now I think maybe the passing game is probably the more lethal part of the offense. Right. So see what the rookie's got. So he, I mean, that could increase touches for him as well. Right. And the last two skill players from the first round were wide receivers. Marquise Brown, widely considered the number one wide receiver uh, in this draft uh, by any expert that you listen to. It's taken 25th overall by the Ravens. And then Nikhil Harry from Arizona State with the last pick of the first round going to the New England Patriots. So you have a guy that is a pure burner in Brown that um, you know sort of has it in his bloodline. Uh, he's related to Antonio Brown. Um, you know, definitely has the big play potential coming off of the foot injury. Um, and then Nikhil here, obviously a, a bigger wide receiver, um, playing with the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, you know, based on landing spots, skill, um, I probably like Harry a little more than Brown, although I'm curious to see if they feature Brown in almost like a quick hit type of offense and see if he could just really turn on the Jets and make people miss as they get Lamar Jackson more comfortable. But if if I'm looking at drafting one of these two, especially in rookie-only type dynasty drafts, I'm probably going Harry before I do uh, Brown, and that's just based on the fact that if he – can gain his trust you're playing with the greatest quarterback of all time day one yeah uh i actually i, I think brown has has potential uh to to be a, a, a stud and i think there's just more opportunity there in baltimore john brown gone um and, and I think that e- even though Lamar Jackson showed himself to be much more of a runner this last year, uh, he can't throw the ball. I mean, in Louisville, he, he threw the ball nice. And he, he can throw the ball well downfield. Uh, it, it just didn't kind of shake out that way. And I think there was just a heavy run offense last season. Right. They just went with what worked. Right. Um, so I, I think they're going to – they have to be – they have to be two-sided, and they've got to have both aspects of the offense available to them. Uh, I think we saw what kind of you know danger they run the risk of dealing with being a one-sided offensive team uh, in the playoff game where they literally were saying, okay, Lamar Jackson, throw the ball, and there was nothing. So uh, that's, that's kind of what they're dealing with. So they have to do that. They needed Brown. Uh, and they got the guy that I think that they really wanted. 
but the other thing is, is that you're right. Um, now you're playing with Tom Brady, so you don't you don't have the same level of quarterback concerns that Brown has. I'm not to say that he has that much. It's just that the arm is more accurate in New England. Yeah, uh, by a lot. <laughs> Uh, I, I think in terms of long-term dynasty value, I would probably lean towards Brown because just just a hunch here. Uh, I feel like Lamar Jackson might have more time left in the league uh, than Tom Brady. So if you go, it's a bold uh, take, Dan. <laughs> the New England route. Uh, you, you know, you, you might be dealing with some quarterback controversy here soon. Uh, and sometimes it feels like um, it's not easy to catch on as a rookie um, wide receiver in that New England offense. So uh, I probably would draft if I'm in a rookie only draft. Um, I'm probably going Brown, but I, I see them both as top five picks. Yep. So, yeah, definitely a conversation. We'll have in more detail as we get closer to our draft. Um, Dan, I'm going to go, go ahead. you have any interest in, in, in Marquise Brown in the in a redraft league, Bob? Mid to late round, later rounds, like when you start getting towards the double-digit rounds, sure. Yep, I, mean, those, I agree. That's the time where I prefer to take flyers on guys with upside. He's definitely going to sure. be a target of mine in best ball drafts now that the rookies are in, so... Yep. Um, so for sure. Um, second round, Danny saw a lot more uh, skill, <clears throat> skill position, position players. players coming off the board. We'll just skim through some of the wide. I'll list off some of the wide receivers that that want Dan. <clears throat> just sort of circle back, give some immediate thoughts. Uh, Debo Samuel, thirty six pick uh, to San Francisco. We had AJ Brown, wide receiver from Old Miss, fifty first overall to Tennessee. Mecole Hardman, wide receiver, going to the Kansas City Chiefs. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, wide receiver, Stanford, next pick at 57. Paris Campbell, wide receiver from Ohio State, to the Colts at 59. Andy Isabella, UMass, going to Arizona in the last pick of the second round, D.K. Metcalf. you got to be disappointed with that. Yeah, I was saying to other people... Um, the first set of mock drafts, he was like going to Buffalo at pick what nine, ten, and now yeah. he's the sixty fourth pick. But yeah, I mean, lands in a spot where if Russell can scramble, I mean, this dude's a, it's a great a spot fre- for him to land. I mean, a I freak expect- as far as uh, size and athleticism, but he's yeah. not very in depth as far as his route tree is concerned. But if Russell needs to scramble, and you just point to this guy, go, he's probably going to beat most people. And with his size and and speed, I mean, land. Landed in a pretty great spot to try and develop, that's for sure. Sure. Um, the other ones that stood out to me, Dan, I really like Paris Campbell going to the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, oh, I love that pick. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, I, uh, I'm familiar with Paris Campbell from Ohio State. Uh, my wife is a huge Ohio fan, so I watch the state, but. I mean, this is kind of they're they're assembling a pretty nice receiving core here now through the draft. Right. Um, he he he's got big time speed on the outside. Uh, uh, he's paired with Andrew Luck, who can throw the ball down the field. He 
he's not going to have to step right in and be the focal point of an offense because you've got T.Y. Hilton there and you've got Eric Ebron there, baby. <laughs> um, so I, I think this is a spectacular spot. And, you know, we had Deion Kane last year, got hurt, didn't really play. Um, I think this is a great spot for him and I think a sneaky, great dynasty pick. Um, for Paris Campbell. Yeah, and honestly, Dan, um, just a quick analysis of where the wide receivers have gone. He might be my third, possibly even my second uh, wide receiver. Just, I mean, the landing spot, the talent. You've got yep. one of the better quarterbacks in the league. They have a need. They only have Devin Funches on a one-year deal. So, I mean, mm-hmm. He more than likely will step into a role immediately and then definitely long term. You know, they'll probably get rid of Funches unless if he has a huge year. But um, I just like I actually I I actually thought that they were going to go DK right at the beginning of that round. Like I thought they were going DK Metcalf with that. um, 34th pick. Right. Uh, And I'm kind of surprised they didn't grab him at the 49th pick or (laughs) any of those other ones. Uh, But they got Paris Campbell and uh, I I don't know. I I guess it makes me wonder what's going on with DK Metcalf. That just kind of, it puzzles me to see him fly that far uh, down the, you know, the draft board from a team who kind of needed a number, a big time number two receiver. You almost wonder if it's a case of, was he just one of those uh, combine warriors? Right. They just don't believe in his talent. I mean, that very well could be. Um, well, he has perfectly uh, a, a great deal of incentive to show everybody that they're wrong now in, in a perfect situation to demonstrate that. Yeah, because, I mean, Seattle's going to need them. It's it's Tyler Lockett and then whoever wants to step up behind him really at this point. For so. sure. Um, another one I like, I like A.J. Brown t- uh, going to Tennessee. Now, would you like a better landing spot? Sure. Um, and they did add Adam Humphreys, but... I mean, obviously the guy's talented, depending on where you look. Some people had him as one of the number one wide receiver options in the draft. So um, don't necessarily have faith in Mariota, but uh, another good situation with an opportunity because to me, uh, Corey Davis has not shown that he could be a one. He's shown flashes in games, but has not put together a season yet in my eyes. The Corey Davis has, has had two one or two spectacular fantasy games no i I guess you can start to wonder is it because maybe mariota is not necessarily living up to the hype anymore i'm wondering if that's the case honestly because i mean Corey davis does show flashes of being you know great uh and sometimes it's not with mariota as the quarterback so uh, you know you don't really know where that is at this point um but I, I agree. Outside of Corey Davis, uh, you know, I, I get they got Humphrey and stuff like that. But I, I think there's a lot of move, there's a lot of room here for this guy to step in and, and be an instant um, type of impact player. Uh, uh, although personally, selfishly, I think you and I hope that they they try to focus on the run a little bit more this year. Right. With Derrick Henry. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Dan, there's only one more player I want to discuss in the second round, and this is a guy I brought up, I know, in our discussions about you know thoughts on the, the Dynasty draft for next year. I know it's a little early, but Miles Sanders, 
53rd overall, but he goes to the Philadelphia Eagles, who just acquired Jordan Howard, who also have a plethora of running backs in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is probably more of a long-term uh, pick. Uh, you know, Maybe not a year one producer, maybe starting in year two, but boy, I was right. hoping he would land somewhere that could maybe offer him an opportunity right away now, depending on... What you see from Jordan Howard, could it happen? But I think they uh, like Howard. And, uh, you know, I just I was hoping for a little bit of a better landing spot for him to maybe have an opportunity to produce. Uh, I mean, I was uh, all in on Jordan Howard last year, and we saw how well that worked out for me. Uh, so I- I'm not necessarily fairly sold on him this year uh i think jordan howard does have talent and, and he's shown before this year he was a quality you know fantasy running back uh i, I think there's going to be push here you know is is that uh i, I think especially with the eagles uh, for some reason that they've well, in recent years they are carrying like three or four like good running backs right um and it just you you play the hot hand. It seems like that to me. Uh, so I think if he shows one or two games that he has got the hot hand, he, he's got a chance to to play. Um, but the only problem is, is that I don't think you're going to ever really know when's the right time to put him in your lineup, right? Yeah. It's going to be a situation as game flow goes. If Jordan Howard, it's almost like how Jordan Howard and Tara Cohen were last year, right? Um, where you know you played Tara Cohen, I think because the big playability. Um, but there was also those times where George Howard was stepping up and having decent games and getting most of the goal line carries. So uh, I think it's going to be a, a problem because there's going to be so many mouths to feed there and they're just going to go, well, who's playing the best today? Okay, start feeding that guy and, and we'll see from there. You just kind of, you know, you can end up in a situation almost like they had out in San Francisco. You don't know who to play. Right. So you're just not playing anybody. Right. Dan, last couple players I want to talk about here is in the third round where you saw a majority of the running backs go. And I'm just going to read some off and then give my initial thoughts here. You don't want to talk about me, Cole? (laughs) Eh. (laughs) Gadget player that they're hoping maybe turns into Tyreek Hill. Do you think if, let's just say, if Tyreek Hill had not been going through the things he's going through now, do they even consider drafting this guy at this point? Nope. Yep, I agree. So... Yeah, he's can offer some in the return game, but I mean, these types of players are not as reliable. You know, you, you, Ty, and I'm just gonna speak football wise. Tyreek Hill's a different type of animal. I don't know mm-hmm. if you could bank on turning those types of players into that type of player on the field. Right. So, um, yeah, I think they just saw the writing on the wall and maybe changed their draft strategy. Um, just to kind of try to make up for the potential loss of an impact player. Exactly. Yep. So, Dan, third round, I just want to close off. A lot of running backs going. Uh, I'm going to read them off, and I'm going to go over some thoughts here. Uh, 70th overall, the Rams select Daryl Henderson from Memphis. 73rd, David Montgomery, Ohio State, going to the Bears. 74, Devin Singletary, Florida Atlantic, going to Buffalo. And there were some more at the end, uh, towards the middle and end of the round, but those are three I want to focus on. So um, Devin Singletary, uh, I wonder if maybe they start floating LaShawn McCoy out in trade talks now, um, because you bring in LaShawn McCoy, you have Frank Gore, and now you draft a younger wide uh, running back, and they needed to get younger at the running back position. So, Yep. 
Um, I uh, wonder if they start maybe floating Shady out there a little bit. Floating him out there or maybe just considering cutting him completely. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, they're signing. Uh, uh, TJ you know, Yeldon, too. They have what, right. So they've got uh, – this is going to be an interesting – uh, camp because I don't know. Do you keep all those guys on the roster? Uh, uh, you know, I get that maybe Singletary, you know, doesn't make the team or stays on the practice squad because you've got three proven NFL caliber players. But at the same time, if Singletary comes out and has a nice season or a nice preseason, uh, I think one of those older guys is on the outside looking in. And unfortunately, it could be shady uh, just because Frank Gore, frankly, has been proven to be more reliable. And TJ Yeldon had a decent season last year, uh, you know, playing feature back roles when Fournette wasn't playing. Yeah. So uh, definitely be interesting to see. I, I think they get rid of McCoy somehow. But um, the other one that was a little eye opening. Uh, Daryl Henderson going to the Rams. Is there maybe more to this Todd Gurley thing? Because they have um, addressed this somewhat early um, in the draft in the third round. They've um, re-signed. Um, you know, they let C.J. Anderson go to the Lions. They've um, tried to re-sign some of their younger quarterbacks. Uh, or, I'm sorry, running backs. I'm wondering if they just try and maybe take the workload off of Todd Gurley 100%. I'm not reading too much into it at this point, frankly. Uh, uh, here's the one thing that I'm not going to ever do again is, is doubt Todd Gurley. So uh, it's not going to be a time in which I'm going to, you know, start, you know, saying, hey, Todd Gurley, you're washed up. Because uh, I did that once and I, I get routinely reminded of every draft how wrong I was. I'm not going to do it now. Yeah, every draft. So <laughs> uh, to me, it's like, uh, hey, we need a good backup and why not take a, you know, a stab at this guy. And, uh, I mean, it's a player who intrigues me in dynasty situations because Todd Gurley, if he misses a game or two, this is the guy you could be rolling out. Right. Uh, and you know how valuable that backup running back role is in this offense. Cause you saw what CJ, CJ Anderson could do. Um, so it's an intriguing pick for me specifically in a, in a dynasty format. Yeah, definitely. I mean, not even lo- not looking at it in redraft leagues at all. Right. And then David Montgomery, I think it's a nice uh, draft pick by the Chicago Bears. ESPN, I'm looking at, has him as the fourth uh, overall running back uh, in their ranking. So to get somebody to pair with Tariq Cohen and, um, you know, Mike Davis, um, you know, this guy was first team all Big 12 last year with 1,216 yards, 13 touchdowns. So nice piece they got rid of Howard and I think I honestly think they got better as a core getting rid of Howard signing Davis and now drafting Montgomery yeah I think this is a situation where this guy could play right away yep um he shows him if he should handle a workload um I think you and I would agree that they Cohen probably not in every down back not good air every you know one sometimes early downs where you're gonna you know it's a running play um so i think if this guy can have a nice camp he has a chance to be an impact player right away um so i think you see how camp turns out uh and somebody who you maybe even want to consider looking at in redraft leagues frankly yeah it could be one of those sort of late round flyers depending on how it turns out this uh 
preseason. But um, Dan, to close it up here, we've you know covered the skill positions for the first three rounds of the draft. I want to give our top three dynasty picks, our rookie only um, for this specific class as of right now, uh, and I'll go ahead and start to give you a second to think about it Dan my number one uh, as of right now Josh Jacobs uh, yeah, I know we went back and forth on it but looking at it as a dynasty perspective I think I would go Marquise Brown number two and actually, I think I'd go Paris Campbell number three right now. I just like the landing spots and, um, you know, what he could become in that offense that I think is um, set up to be productive for years to come. So one, Josh Jacobs for me. Two, Marquise Brown. I think three, I'd go Paris Campbell slightly over Nikhil Harry. Dan, what are your top three as of right now going into rookie-only dynasty drafts? I actually am going to go um, with... I was just looking at him. Give me a second here, Bowby. Oh, sorry. There he is. Sorry. Marquise Brown is actually number one for me. Um, I, I get that running back is hard to come by, but I think if this guy pans out, uh, you could be looking at a number one receiver, which uh, you and I both know from our one dynasty league, those are hard to come by right? Uh, as well. So if you can get the chance to pair, you know, to hit this guy early and get him for seven or eight years in a dynasty format, that's kind of what you need to look for. And I think the other thing is, is that the longevity of a number one wide receiver uh, is longer than there, a running back. Longer than a running back. So uh, I think Marquise Brown would be number one for me. Uh, and then, frankly, Nikhil Harry number two um and eh, no i'm taking that back i'm going paris campbell number two and then probably i i guess i guess josh jacobs um but i, I again i'm hesitant to kind of go in all all in on raiders because i, I just feel like the team is going to be a disaster this year Interesting. So, yeah, we wanted to jump on. Uh, we wanted to wait till after the draft uh, to give just some quick uh, talk about the draft itself. Um, I think in the upcoming weeks, as this draft completes, we might shift to more uh, dynasty-related discussion. I know I told you I'm joining a startup dynasty league, so I think that'll be a good conversation piece when that draft happens. Um, and so we'll, we'll talk about some stuff coming up for the uh, next couple of weeks here. But, um, Dan, anything else you want to talk about as far as the new or the first three rounds of the draft? Uh, I am intrigued by the tight end that was being that was taken by uh, Green Bay, uh, just because Jimmy Graham not really doing much there anymore. Uh, if he can show that he's going to be a solid contributor, I think there's enough offense around there to go around. Yeah, so Jay Sternberger That's the from only Texas other thing. A&M. Yep. And the other, I mean, what do you think about Will Greer? And I I know uh, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but what do you think about Will Will Greer going to the the Panthers? Is there any, 
concern about Cam being available here, or I mean, are you, do you think this is a, a quarterback or just kind of a a backup situation where they they can let Greer marinate a little bit? What do you think about that? Pick? Yeah, I think your last statements where I was going to go. Good choice to get somebody young behind Cam, and mm-hmm. you know, if Cam gets nicked up, you have somebody that uh, has a little bit up and down in West Virginia, but did show flashes, and you can learn behind him. And it's always nice when you could dump the ball off to Christian McCaffrey if need be. For sure. So, yeah, that covers our uh, immediate uh, quick reaction to the first three rounds of the NFL draft. Dan, let's go ahead and close up this show. As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NotTakesFF, N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-F-F. You can email us, NotTakesFF, at gmail.com. You can visit our podcast homepage, anchor.fm forward slash NotTakesFF. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. You can listen to us there. You can follow the show there. And we provide links to all the 12 platforms that we're on. So if you like a specific platform, hit the link right there where you can go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Uh, Any platform that you're on, please hit subscribe so you can get these shows as we drop them off season. We're doing one per week when we get closer to the preseason and the um, fantasy drafts. We'll be jumping back up to three episodes per week. And for those listening specifically on Apple Podcasts, take 15 seconds out of your day. Give us a rating and review. Five-star ratings really help our show a lot. And we love listening and reading the feedback from the reviews. And then, Dan, why don't you go ahead and shout out your brother, Tom. Yeah, it's the song that uh, brings us into every show and takes us out of every show. It's called Alma. Uh, written, performed, produced, uh, all in, everything and all done by my brother, uh, and uh, if you like what he does, check out his SoundCloud. He's the, uh, that dude, Tom. And uh, thanks, my man, for letting us use the song. Much appreciated. All right, Dan. Well, enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll discuss on topics, I'm sure, at some point this weekend for next week. But until then, I will talk to you later. Woo!